Hello and welcome to the Discover Durham podcast, a podcast about the people that make Durham, North Carolina such an amazing place to visit. I'm your host, Craig Carter, Discover Durham's social media manager. Our guest today is the head coach of the 2022 HBCU National Champion North Carolina Central University football team, Trey Oliver. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure, Craig. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. So for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with you, you, before becoming a coach here, you were also a student athlete at NCCU. So tell us uh, about where you're from and how you ended up coming to Central. Sure. I'm uh, from Yorktown, Virginia. It's in the Tidewater over there tucked in between Hampton and Newport News. And growing up, played a lot of sports, football, basketball, baseball, you know, played a little bit of everything, track, ran track. And then, you know, throughout my senior year, uh, winding down, I had to kind of, you know, choose a career path or, or I guess a, a where I was going to school. And both of my parents um, were alum and, and graduated from North Carolina Central. And they always, you know, they never really pushed it on me, but they always kind of kept North Carolina Central on the forefront. So I came to visit and um, I had a I had a ball on my official visit and the coaching staff blew me away. I, I was coached by Larry Little, former uh, Hall of Famer that played for the undefeated 72 Miami Dolphins. Coach Little and his staff, you know, I, I, it, was, it was so much more than just football. Uh, you know, they had a genuine interest in, in Trey Oliver as the person, not just a football player. You know, so when I, when I you know, came to Central, I had a, had a ball, man, and enjoyed it. I started off, and people always ask me how I, I punted and played safety. When I was I was playing safety, I was like fourth string safety, and I was trying to when camp started, and I was trying to figure out we on the bus. I was watching the punter out there that we had at that time, and I was like I can beat him. So I, I started punting, and I ended up with the starting spot as a punter. So I knew I was on the travel squad, and um, worked my way up the depth chart at safety. But I think after the first quarter of my first game, I ended up starting at safety. So uh, thank God I, I was able to to get on the field, you know, at, at safety as well. But uh, played at Central for four years, had an outstanding career, loved it, loved Durham, and then uh, got into the, the into the coaching world. That's great. So what was it like being a student at Central? It was amazing. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Central is such a great place, and the people there, you know, genuinely care for you, and they, they develop people. And it's not just about uh, the school colors or, or Central or whatever, the, you know, case may be. I thought the faculty and staff there, they really do an outstanding job of pouring into young men and um, developing people. And, and that's what I enjoyed about Central. And then the, uh, the experience in the Durham area, you know, when I was playing at Central, you know, that's when Rasheed Wallace and Stackhouse and Dre Bly and all these guys were coming out of, of Carolina. And then you had Grant Hill and Christian Leitner, and these guys are coming out of Duke. So it was so many, like, you know, big-time athletes you know, Andre Purvis and all these other guys that were, you know, coming out. So it was like a bunch of really, really talented athletes in that time. And, you know, we had a really good relationship with other schools in the area, NC State, Duke, and Carolina. So, you know, we had we hung out quite a bit and, you know, had a couple parties and, and enjoyed our time. But I thoroughly enjoyed my time in North Carolina Central, and, and I love Durham. Nice. Did you have a favorite class or teacher? Oh, I can tell you I did not like stats. We, let's, let's start from there. We can go to the other end. We can tell you, talking about the class I did not like. I did not like chemistry. 
I tell you, I, I, the, the people, it wasn't more so my favorite class, but I think my speech class and I had an English professor, Miss Forte and Joyce Ellis were outstanding. They really pushed you and challenged you. And, and I think sometimes being an athlete, people think that athletes get, you know, privilege and, and they get, the, you know, the easy path. But a lot of times professors at these smaller schools at HBCs really like push athletes to try to get the most out of them. And that's why I really appreciated them. And I keep in touch with them uh, to this day. Very nice. So uh, getting into your coaching career, you also ended up coaching at NCCU's rival, NCA&T. We don't talk about that school, Craig. I hear Durham, <laughs> man. We don't talk about that. We talk about the school in Greensboro. But go ahead. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> well, you know, you always say what you won't do. And I tell people, be careful, you know, be careful about what you won't do. When we left Central, I was with Coach Rod Broadway. He was the head coach. We went down to Grambling, and we were down at Grambling and had a great time down there. We were down there for four years, and then Coach Broadway took the job at North Carolina A&T. Usually when a head coach, you know, takes another job, you know, the staff kind of has to come with them uh, because when the new head coach comes in at Grambling, it's not a um, <clears throat> it's not a shoe in that they're going to keep you on staff. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's best to kind of travel with your, with your head coach to make sure you have a job. So, of course, it was different wearing that blue and gold. And I never in a million years thought that I would be wearing North Carolina A&T paraphernalia. But, you know, it didn't take long. You know, you're a professional. So, you know, you got to buy in and, 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 you know, that's your job. So, you know, be where your feet are. So um, I gave that school my all. And when we got there, I think they were like, 0-27. They hadn't won a game in like two or three years. It was something crazy. Wow. So they were at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, we came in and like really ch- turned the program around. Uh, I think year three is when we won the championship. Uh, year four, the the, the first uh, uh, Celebration Bowl, Black College National Championship game. So I joke with a lot of people. You know, I saw them. It was a bunch of Eagles over there. It was about three or four of us on staff. So it took Central to turn their program around. <laughs> but I, I left there and ended up being the defensive coordinator at Southern University. So I had to get my wings back. <laughs> That's great. So uh, what was it like, you know, being approached to coach at your alma mater? And what, what did it feel like being hired? Ooh, I, um, I applied for the job a couple years back, and um, they ended up going with uh, Coach Jerry Mack. And Coach Jerry Mack and I are really good friends, great person, great coach. You know, I took advice from, at that time, the, the athletic director, Dr. McCree, she advised me to get my master. She advised me to to get some coordinator experience. I had been a recruiting coordinator. I had been a special teams coordinator. But, you know, sometimes the administration, they think offense, defensive coordinator are really the ways to go. So I, I that's when I left and went to Southern University to go get be a defensive coordinator. I got my master's and, and you know, took care of all that stuff. So when I get, when it came up again and I threw, you know, several people from Durham asked me to throw my name in the hat and, my thing was, look, y'all know who I am. Y'all know the work I've done. You know, if, if y'all are serious about this, you know, let's talk. But I don't want to just go through the interview process and be wasting time. So, you know, they assured me that, you know, uh, I had a good shot at it. Came in, interviewed, and I'll never forget, I was at a state championship football game in New Orleans in the Superdome. I was watching a, game, a, high, a high school a state championship game, and I got the phone call from the athletic director, Dr. McCree, and she offered me the job. And, and it was it was unbelievable. And um, it was so, it was a surreal feeling. I couldn't tell anybody at the time. So I had to continue to work as you know, I wanted to lead the game and go celebrate. But <laughs> I had to continue to recruit the next uh, two days later. I'm making home visits with other members of the staff down in Louisiana. 
it, it was it was a blessing, man. And and I thank her. I thank the administration for taking a chance on a guy, and um and bringing him back to Durham. But it it was an outstanding experience, and and I'm so grateful to be back in Durham. That's great. What was it like taking over the program and, and developing it over time? It's a lot of work, and and I mean you can't I can't believe, you know begin to tell you you know how much work it was and how much adversity. You know, it's all about culture, and and uh, we have a saying that you see had you know culture over scheme, and it was about changing the culture, getting the right people in here, uh, guys that buy in, and it was more so than drawing up plays and. Are we going to run the ball? Are we going to throw the ball? Are we going to throw it deep, throw it short? Whatever the case may be, it didn't matter what our scheme was if we didn't have our culture right. That's when the portal started and, and all these transfers. So I told my staff and people looked at me crazy, and I know they thought I was crazy. I said, I want to build this thing with high school student athletes that want to be an eagle, that want to come to North Carolina Central, and uh, I want to build it that way. Then try to do the quick fix, you know, bring folks in here and, and – uh, their transfers, they only come here for a year or two. Uh, they, they were bad people, got in trouble at the school they were at, or they couldn't play at the school they were at. Now they're just going to come here. So uh, we took our time and built it the right way. And it's all about a foundation and changing the culture. First year we struggled. I think we went four and eight. Then we got it turned around. Uh, we had COVID. We had to fight through that. And that was tough. Then our second year on the field, our second season playing, came second in the conference. So we were trending in the right direction. And then um, last year, we cut the nets down. So uh, we made it to Atlanta, and, and we beat Jackson State and, and Coach Sanders. I refuse to call that man prime. <laughs> so we beat Coach Sanders and Jackson State down there for the Celebration Bowl and the Black College National Championship game. That's great. Uh, at what point in the 2022 season did you feel like the team had something special? I thought coming in, we had a chance. I mean, I thought we were very talented, but it's so much more to it than talent. You know, you have to have leadership. The coaches have to be locked in, and it's so much. You have to be somewhat lucky with injuries. You know, you can't have a whole lot of guys getting banged up. So we were kind of, you know, lucky in that regard. I thought we had a chance to do something special at the beginning of the season. Uh, first game of the year, we beat North Carolina A&T in the Charlotte Panthers Stadium for the Duke Mayo Classic. You know, had a couple other big wins, and then – I think the turning point was probably when we went up and beat New Hampshire. They were a top-20 team. Uh, we went up there and played them on the road. It was a very tough environment. The travel was ridiculous with the flight and the buses. It was just – it was hard. And then, you know, when we, we, we won that game by, I think, two scores. You know, that's when I said, okay, we got something here. And then we got into conference play, and, and I thought that we improved each week. And that's what I always, you know, challenge the guys. You know, don't – just getting the habit of going through practice and going through the motions. Let, you can work to get better every day, and that's what I want to see. I want to see improvement, regardless whether it's week one, week seven, or even the championship game. You can always improve. So uh, it was. I was pleased to see the growth in our guys throughout the season. That's great. So take us through the celebration ball, kind of going there, preparing for it, the actual game itself. Right. Well, we had um, – we had a week longer to prepare. And uh, as a coach, I like one week off and then, you know, then get ready to play a game. Um, but when you have, like, I think we have, like, four weeks off, a lot of times it's scary because, you know, you can get rusty. Timing's not there. You're not in the rhythm. And, you know, coming off a great season, we were in a rhythm. We were rolling. Now you have to kind of, you know, put everything on pause for four weeks. And, you know, a lot of times coaches can really can try to reinvent the wheel and do too much. You know, you have all this time to prepare – 
And, you know, schematically, you try to do so much other stuff that you haven't done. And, you know, that was that was a challenge for us to, you know, believe what we've done all season will work, you know, against this team. So let's just try to, you know, be the best of who we are, the best at what we can do with this right here. You know, we'll have some adjustments and things of that nature, but we weren't going to reinvent the wheel. So I thought, like, our pre- preparation going to the game was outstanding. I thought our staff, you know, did a really good job of keeping the guys locked in and working hard and getting that good quality work in, but at the same time not burning the guys out. Because you can get out, you can you can get out of shape in, in 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 that time. So we did a really good job of kind of balancing the two with work and rest. Then when, you know, it was game week. It was time to go down there. Uh, it was an outstanding event. You know, they put on a first class you know bowl. Uh, so we down there and a lot of events for the young men. The 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 hotel and everything. They had a barbershop in the hotel set up for the guys. You had the gift suites and everything. All the bells and whistles, but. Uh, it was it was it was it was something. We got down there, you know, Jackson State. They're they're an arrogant group, and uh, their fans were they were giving our fans the business for those three <laughs> or four days down there in the hotel. And uh, it was a lot of trash being talked. And and um, I don't think anybody gave us a chance to win that game. Uh, they had all these transfers, and then you know their head coach and all this stuff. And you know our guys just you know they stayed locked in and they didn't get caught up in reading articles and all that stuff. But uh, you know, I was disappointed. I thought that, you know, their head coach, that was one of my favorite players growing up. You know, before I had my first pair of George, my first pair of shoes were, were Deion Sanders, you know, my first expensive pair. So, you know, I was excited to, to be able to meet him and interact and all that stuff. But unfortunately, he didn't have any words for me. He wasn't around, didn't didn't uh, come to the press conference. Mm. You know, we were on stage. Both head coaches were supposed to be on stage, and they had a moderator and all this stuff. He sent an assistant coach up. So, you know, I thought it was, you know, disrespectful, but to each his own. You know, you got to run your own race. But it was an outstanding event at the College Football Hall of Fame, and then uh, we got game day. So, you know, we get ready uh, to come out, and I'm sure you know with, with uh, whenever you're on live TV, they have a script. So they told me, Coach, listen, man, uh, the script, we have Jackson State coming out this time, then a minute later your team will come out, then we're going to sing the National Anthem. So, all right, cool. I You know, we have a pregame speech, and – Come on out. So we're sitting in the tunnel, and then the people come from the broadcast. I'm like, well, the other team's not ready to come out. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing the national anthem, and then we'll bring them out and bring you all out. So we sat in the tunnel for like 10 minutes, and the guys are standing there ready to go. And I'm like, where do they change the script? We're on national television. But, again, you know, I guess that's what it is. But came out, it didn't matter. Our guys were locked in and ready to play. Uh, We played um, a very good football game. Didn't have a whole lot of mistakes, and and I thought we came out and we were physical, and that was one big thing. I thought that like we play a physical brand of football in our conference, and uh, it's not a lot of smoke and mirrors. We're gonna come downhill at you. I believe we scored in our first possession, and and our guys were were locked in and we were rolling and back and forth. We gave up a crazy play late in the game, and they tied it up and and went into overtime, and and we ended up pulling out in overtime. But we rushed for I think 260 yards, and they had only given up 60 all year. So I, I was very pleased with our young men. They deserved it, and, and I was so happy for our university and for us to be able to bring that championship back to Durham. That's great. It might be hard to pick, but do you have, like, a top three moments from the game? Itself? From the game? Yeah. Ooh, okay, top three. Number one, let's go with the, the, the fake punt that we dialed up where Kyle Morgan hit it for about, I think, 40-some yards. That was a big play. Our, our special teams coordinator, Coach Pete Bennett, uh, did a really good job of, of dialing that one up. But 
Uh, the fake punt, one, Latrell Collier's stiff arm. That was epic. That was number one for me. That was yeah. epic. And then the last moment had to be when, when uh, their quarterback threw the ball away on fourth down. That was crazy. I don't know yeah. why you throw the ball away on fourth down. Yeah. You know, throw it to anybody, force it, throw an interception, whatever. But you don't throw the ball away. But when that ball hit the ground, I had to kind of take a deep breath to make sure it was over with. And that was like it. And then we could celebrate. So I sat back and watched all our guys run on the field. And, and winning games like that, you don't have to worry about the Gatorade bath. Everybody's so excited. <laughs> all the guys just run. So um, I, was, I was just so happy for our guys, man. They, they worked so hard to get to this point. And then for us to finish, regardless of what all the, the media outlets said and the point spread and, and all the doubters and naysayers, our guys believed in themselves, our staff believed in our players, and, and we played lights out. So I, I was so happy for us to be able to bring that win back to Durham and to the Bull City. That's great. What does it mean to you to coach in HBCU? Wow, that's a good question. You know, I always wanted to coach at the top level. You know, I wanted to be at Notre Dame or Penn State, at, you know, the, the, the highest P5 of it. And then after so many years, I, you know, it was, I kind of went through a little frustration where it was like, man, I really want this, I really want this. And I've seen these other guys out here, some of these position coaches, and I know I'm better than them. And then at some point, you know, I had to embrace the fact of like, why don't you just be happy where you are and be the best, best person and best coach where you are? And don't worry about all the other stuff. And I think that's like when my life, my career kind of like took a turn and I like really enjoyed it. You know, I had been successful, won a lot of games, won championships. But, you know, I was I was too concerned about other stuff. So, like, just be happy where you are, make the most of it where you are and be where your feet are. But being at HBCU, I love it because it's so diverse. And a lot of guys, especially when I recruit, you know, young white men, you know, student athletes in high school, I asked them about what do they know about HBCU? And they said, oh, that's an all-black college. And I'm like, no, it's not an all-black college. You know, historically, <laughs> you know, back before integration, you know, that's the only place we could go to school. But now with so much of a diverse campus, I mean, the Latino community, we have so many uh, Latinos on our team and, and on campus, uh, Asians. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's so diverse. I love it. When you have an opportunity, and fr- primarily for, for the young African-American kids that come from all walks of life for you can, for you to be able to make a difference and an impact in their life and watch them grow as men. You know, I, I think that that's what it's all about. And North Carolina central, we can really, we help develop young men and that's what it's about. You know, football, one day that ball is going to stop bouncing and you got to do something else when, when the game of football is over with. So we have to prepare them for the next game of life. And I think we do a really good job of that. And, and that's what I love to do is, you know, when you get these young men at 18 years old as a freshman and they can't halfway tie their shoes, you know, and then they end up graduating with honors with a 3.6 GPA and they had this internship and had this job offer, you know, that's what it's all about. So, I, you know, I've loved, you know, coaching at HBCUs. That's great. If someone is considering attending NCCU, what do you tell them to seal the deal? You're going to be coached by Trey Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm joking. It's, you know, for us, I think it's, it's three parts of it. And I think that's what you can get in at North Carolina Central and in Durham. You know, always is about academics. And that's what the parents want to hear. And, and that's what we preach. It's about academics because, you know, at the end of the day, it's about life after football. Secondly, it's some place where you can win. And, and, some places it's very, very, very difficult to win. 
And three, I think the last one is probably like socially. This area, you know, it's always something to do for, for you know, college athletes or college students in general. So, you know, I've been places, you know, and, and I had a great time when I was down there. But, like, Louisiana is a different place, man, especially Grambling. Like, northern Louisiana, we right there by Arkansas. It is, it is very slow, and it's not much <laughs> to do for, for college students. So for you to be here in Durham in a college town I, and then, second, you know, academically and athletically being able to play on the high level that we do, um, I don't think you can beat it, honestly. So the holistic approach, I think, is what you can get at North Carolina Central. Nice. If someone was going to spend a weekend in Durham, what would you recommend they do? Oh, it first and foremost, you need to come in the fall and come out of come check out a central game. First and foremost, <laughs> um, uh, but you know it, it's so much to do here, especially if you're a sports fan. I mean, you have Duke and Carolina here. The rivalry with those two, especially you know, especially in basketball, is unbelievable. But football around here is, is huge. You got the Hurricanes. We just took our team to the Hurricanes game uh, about a month ago. That was my first hockey match, so hockey game. So that was like unbelievable in itself. But it's it's so much to do here. Um, we had a recruit on campus uh, the other day, and we took his family to Duke Gardens and just walked around the Duke Gardens. If you like a, a good cocktail, you can hit Twenty One C right here, right around the corner. There are museums here. The food is outstanding. Uh, you can go camp over at Falls Lake and do a little bass fishing. So it's, it's so much to do here. Um, if you like good soul food, my number one spot is the Chicken Hut mm-hmm. down on Fedville Street. But Durham is, is, is jumping, and it is a great city, great town. It's always something to do depending on whatever walk of life you are. It's not going to be any grass left around here, though, all these buildings they're building, <laughs> apartment complexes. But it's, it's, it's unbelievable, and I, I enjoy my time here. And this is probably the second best place to live behind next to my, my hometown in the tide water. You know, I love, I love the beach. <laughs> nice. Nice. So what can we look forward to in the 2023 season? We're going to run it back. That's, that's, that's the plan is to uh, repeat. And we talk about improving and getting a little bit better every day. So let's get a little bit better next year. I've had an opportunity to win a lot of several championships because I've been around some like really good coaches and really good players. And it's a great feeling. And like, why not like go win it again? You know, we we had the city on our back, man. It was unbelievable. We went to the mayor and the governor's mansion. They had a huge parade for us. And the Hurricanes invited us and gave us a shout-out. And I did the little siren deal at the Hurricanes game. And that was something, man. I don't know if you've ever done that. But that's like, you ever drove a car without power steering? No, I haven't. You've never driven a car without power steering? Uh, well, I think one time my battery died okay. while I was driving it. That's, and that's yeah. it right there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that siren deal is like driving a car without power steering, yeah. man. It's a work out. <laughs> so I wish they would have told me about that before I went. I would have got in a little bit better shape before I did that. But that's the thing, though. We, we're going to try to um, improve, play a little bit better in the football next year. And let's go win that championship again, man. I like rings. I like rings. <laughs> What was it like getting fitted for a ring and actually getting to see it in person? Well, it wasn't my first rodeo. Right. I, we got a, I got a collection at the house. I got, <laughs> we got some rings now. I've, I've been fortunate. I've been blessed to be around some, doing some really good staffs. You know, for me, I like to sit in my office and I just watch the guys coming and get sized. And, you know, the joy on their faces, that's what it's about. Seeing, I've, you know, I've been a part of it and done that, you know. But for you see to get these guys to win their first one, and the joy in their eyes, and then we had the ring ceremony and the gala, and that was off the chain. It was unbelievable. And for the guys, when we presented the rings to them that night, 
the smile on their face, you know, is, is worth a million bucks. And uh, when we got the rings designed, uh, my director of football operations, Miss Andrea Perry, and, and the guy from Ring Place Signature, they were like, nah, coach, you got to go bigger than that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a big ring person. I'm like, well, you know, it's cool. And if you've seen a championship ring, they're not comfortable when you wear them. They're too big. <laughs> so um, they were like, nah, coach. So I was like, all right, I took my hands off of it. I let them do the whole design. And it's like the biggest ring. It's like a Super Bowl ring, man. <laughs> so I only wear it whenever I'm around some recruits and I can let them see it a little bit. But other than that, I keep it in my, my jewelry box at the house. Nice. Well, um, I think that's all I had. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? I think that's about it, man. I think about, I think that's about it. I'm uh, excited for this summer and, and we can get out and walk around downtown Durham and enjoy all the festivities down here and, and the farmer's market is always a, a big thing for me. The vegetables down there, grass-fed meat, oh, unbelievable. It's expensive, though, but unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. Well, I'm a big fan of the farmer's market, so maybe I'll see you there one Saturday morning. Sounds good. If you're a visitor in town, make sure you stop by our visitor info center at 212 West Main Street for personalized recommendations of things to do. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Discover Durham. Thank you to American Underground and Earfluence for hosting us in their podcast studio. And a special thank you to Black Space and Zone for our music. I'm Craig Carter with Discover Durham. Thank you for listening.